Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. What's up, everyone? Today we're here in the podcast, in the studio. Not in the podcast. Doing a podcast. We're tired. We need coffee. And we're excited to talk about Mark chapter 3. Uh, Mark chapter 3 kicks off with this conversation on Sabbath. Yeah. And so Sabbath is a gift from God. Uh, this is what God instituted on the seventh day of creation, where God stopped working, God rested, and enjoyed what he made. And so throughout the scriptures up to the current moment today, the church, the Christian church, has held on to this as this beautiful gift. It's actually in the Ten Commandments as well. And so God's encouragement to us throughout the scriptures is to pick a day a week, if you're able, to pause and reflect and keep God at the center of your day. So everything is done, your meals, you're making good food, you're enjoying what God created, and you're saying, thanks, God. Right. Thank you for being you. And we're reflecting on who God is and what he's done. And then you're enjoying the gifts of God and what God created. So Sabbath is not meant to be some boring day where you're locked inside your house and you can't do anything fun. It's like actually you do the exact opposite. You do things that bring you the most life and joy and you praise God while you do it. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus here is talking about Sabbath and he's doing good. There was all these Sabbath laws and regulations in the Old Testament. You couldn't walk more than X amount of steps and you couldn't talk to certain people. Definitely couldn't heal anybody. Couldn't heal anybody. And so here Jesus heals the guy in the Sabbath and people want to kill him because he violated the rules. And Jesus is like, you have completely missed what God is doing here. And, and throughout the Gospels, what Jesus says is the Sabbath was made for humanity. Humanity was not made for the Sabbath, meaning this is a great gift God gave us. And so um, for us, we, yeah. we keep Sabbath. Um, Monday is our Sabbath because I'm working all day Sunday. And our family has learned to like really love this. Our kids are like talking about, <laughs> yeah. is it Sabbath? Is it Sabbath? We try to light candles and enter into it intentionally Sunday night. It goes through Monday night. We have a, a Sabbath family movie we'll often watch mm-hmm. together. And we all talk about it and, and try to figure out what, what's it going to be. Lily, we've been doing some cool throwbacks. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We watched. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the all-time favorites I feel like that gets requested a lot is Swiss Family Robinson. The old Swiss Family Robinson. Watch Big Green, Little Giants, some like 90s. You do have to watch movies. out though, because sometimes there's like. There's some language, <laughs> language. there. I'm like, my parents let me watch this? Like, what is going on? Good but discussion. Good, good discussion. discussion yeah. Here's what we say, here's what we don't say. So, Sabbath though. Yeah. And again, we're, we're keeping the Lord at the center of this as we do things as right. a family. We're enjoying each other. Mm-hmm. It, it's good. It so is. That's what the Lord, that's what Jesus is getting at here, the first six verses. Mm-hmm. And it's not so popular with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And it's just going to keep getting, he's going to get more unpopular. Yep. Spoiler, as it can, can popular as Jesus' and ministry continues. Crowds yes. are booming. That's true. Popular too. So as you continue in chapter three, you'll see that Jesus actually is withdrawing. So that's what verse seven says. He withdraws with his disciples, but then people follow them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'll go ahead and read that. Um, when they heard about all that he was doing, many people came to him from uh, Jerusalem, from Judea, from Idume, and the regions across the Jordan and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of crowds, he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding around him. For he had healed many so that, so that those with diseases hmm. were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the impure, impure spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell others about him. 
Wow. Yeah. So you kind of see that with Jesus' ministry um, here and there. We just saw that earlier in the chapter two, where he will kind of tell, either release them to tell people, and meaning, meaning even humans. But here, even he's speaking to the demonic, saying, you know, like, you're not going to tell anybody. And so we've talked about the cosmic nature of this battle earlier and how you're kind of seeing that now i so appreciate how mark lays it out how it's not just what is going on with the the natural realm but it's actually the unseen realm also that jesus is exercising his authority in and one key thing too that sticks out as we kind of read this is that like um even the demons the demonic know who jesus is And so I think sometimes we rest in that as like the church body today. Like we understand, we know who Jesus is. We understand that he, you know, he came and he died and and it's all really good news. Uh, But there has to be a distinction because even the demonic knows that. Like even the demonic knows. And so there's, there's gotta be relationship. There's gotta be obedience. um, Yeah. There's gotta be obedience. There's, there has to be more um, because like we're reading and like we're understanding here, Jesus says, you know, he's on the scene, he's been doing miracles, but he's still, you know, like he, we, we don't know like the full G like that we do as the reader yeah. now today. But at the time there were people that were like, who is this guy? Is he a prophet? Is And they don't know that he's fully God. And yeah. the demonic is saying like, this guy's the guy, like they know anyway. And so I feel like there's a charge there for us and just to consider and audit and examine, you know, do I know about Jesus or do I know Jesus? Yeah. Is there a connection between, again, your behavior and your yeah. believing? You're behaving and you're believing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And w- now when you look at the crowds, though, the crowds well, yeah. are all interested more so in what Jesus is doing than like what right. he's saying yeah, and who he is. Because mm-hmm. throughout, like, especially the Gospel of John, people are always like, hey, you know, you did that bread thing. You fed all the people. Give us some more bread. Or they heal these people. And, do th- and they're here for yeah. entertainment. They're not interested in actually obeying him they're not interested in doing what he did yeah. and living out his teaching it's just more of like entertainment entertain us keep us satisfied and then i'm gonna go home and do my own thing and jesus is mm-hmm. saying no we, we we can't do that mm-hmm. there actually needs to be a listening a hearing mm-hmm. and obeying and a doing and then what jesus happens to do next is he actually is going to call again his 12 disciples and so he, he appoints okay. them he's called them the last couple of chapters and here he he names them and so if you go to verse 16 it says the 12 he appointed were simon to which he gave the name peter mm-hmm. james uh the son of zebedee and his brother john those are the ones he gave the name boadrones which means sons of thunder andrew philip <laughs> bartholomew uh, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who betrays him. Right. And so for the Jewish community, for Jesus to call 12 disciples is a nod to the 12 tribes. Mm-hmm. Jesus is saying, I'm restoring all things. Heaven is coming to earth. I'm doing everything that um, the Bible has said the Messiah would come and do. And if you look at verse 14, it kind of t- just lays it out clearly what they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, it says he appointed 12 that they might be with him. That this might be with Jesus, right. like right there. Be with him. And then the second thing is that he might send them out to preach, to teach, and to have authority over demons. And mm-hmm. so um, being with Jesus is a lot different than just like casually hanging out. Like, hey, Jesus, you want to just, you want sparkling water? Want to kick it up and yeah. just talk? And, and Jesus does long to be with us. But what Jesus is teaching his disciples here is the purpose of his mission, why he exists and why he, like we exist in this moment, to 
go and eradicate evil as the kingdom of God comes and his light drives out darkness. We cannot be fans of Jesus and just sitting on the yeah. sidelines. All too often, there's everybody up in the crowds watching the, the 10 most fit people play basketball on the court when really yeah. we all need to be active and involved in doing stuff. The kingdom is not a spectator sport. Right. Christianity is not a spectator uh, uh, spirituality. Mm-hmm. We're all called to participate in this. And so Jesus is saying, one, you learn to be with me. Like Jesus, last couple yeah. chapters, was in um, silence and solitude, up on the mountain praying. But then he's exercising demons. He's preaching about the kingdom of God. He's addressing uh, the religiosity of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that have got caught up in the spirit of religion and have lost the, mm-hmm. a spirit for people and for the Lord. And he's saying, we need to do this. And we celebrate when our lives are touched by Jesus. They're saved. Um, there's the sanctifying aspect where we're becoming more like Jesus, but we can't keep that for ourselves. Yeah. That's got to become a blessing for other people, which flows out of being with Jesus. Yeah. And so Jesus is telling the disciples and showing them, here's what you need to do, because Jesus is going to be with them for a couple more years, and then he's gone. I think that's actually really relevant for where we're at today. I think some of the language that we've heard, even just from kind of like modern theologians today or modern authors and pastors today, is we kind of have, uh, we've come to a point in time where a lot of folks are realizing like, wow, I don't, I don't know what I believe about this Mm. issue, or I don't know what I think about this example or this lifestyle. And so they, I've used, I've heard this phrase before that we actually have a lot of people who are just churched unbelievers Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're just coming, doing the motions versus what Jesus is inviting you to the follow me invitation is to be a disciple is to be someone who's spending time and then someone who's actually living out this belief. And so that's a good, I think that's a good moment and time, obviously for Jesus and the 12 and just telling them, Hey, this is what we're doing. And then it's also good for us to revisit today and like, Oh yeah, this is, what we're doing. And even just the be with me statement is so significant because rabbis yeah. with their students were together all the time. Yeah. So they would have seen them like how they eat meals, how they wash, how they dress, when they use their restroom, what do they do, how they're blessing people, mm. how they read Torah, how do they memorize Torah, how are they instructing all these little details of life. And so it is as we walk with Jesus, with the people you were saying in Mark chapter one, who, who we've either sought out as our fishers to partner with us or who's God, God's positioned in our families or in our lives that we're just constantly modeling the way of Jesus. This is what you do. This is what you do. This is what you do over and over. And, and people unto us also pouring into us. And as you do this, just just know, as you do this, this is not always going to be popular with everybody around as the (laughs) kingdom of God bumps into the kingdom of this world. Yeah. Lights bumping out darkness. There's Mm going to be opposition. There's going to be conflict. Yeah. Jesus had it within his own family. Yeah. And so just Mm -hmm. tons of grace, mercy, encouragement to you listening. Some of you have family members that aren't Christians and think you're crazy for believing this, doing this, giving your money and your time away to, Mm. you know, the so-called God. Look what happens mm-hmm. to Jesus next in verses 20 and 21. Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. When his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him. That's an important note there. Mm. For they said he has lost his mind. In this moment, Jesus' own family didn't believe in him. We don't know what happened right. to Joseph. We know that Mary obviously has had her story where the angel came to her. She was con- uh, conceived by the spirit. Jesus was inside of her. But then Jesus had other brothers, we think from Mary right, and Joseph after. later mm-hmm. on, that didn't believe in him. One of them ends up being James, who writes the epistle, the letter of James later on in the New Testament. 
They think he's out of his mind. So it says when they came to take charge of him, Mm. what that means is they came to forcibly grab him. Those are the exact same words used in other gospel letters when the crowds came to to get Jesus, whether they're going to try to kill him or they'll Mm. force him to be their king. They were trying to exert their agenda on God. And Jesus has none of it. And so Jesus here is more focused on doing the will of his heavenly father Mm -hmm. than he is concerned with the things of men and women around Mm -hmm. him. And that's something that we have to wrestle with and we have to learn. Because a lot of us have uh, people in our life that we really like and really care about. And we really want to be liked by, want Mm -hmm. to be loved Mm -hmm. by. Sometimes that can manipulate how we act and what we do and how we conduct ourselves. Where at the end of the day, Jesus is reminding us, you're standing before the audience of one. Your heavenly father and his will has to be prominent in your life and in whatever it is that you're doing, how you're spending your money, what you're watching, eating and drinking, how you're treating other people. And so here Jesus is like, you know, I am first and foremost focused on the kingdom of God before I am my family. So I'm just thinking we've got some young adults right now I've been walking with at our ministry that all come have come to Christ and their Mm -hmm. families haven't. And I've actually watched like it. It's 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 heavy. It weighs on them. Yeah, I'm just so proud of them. And so I I don't know Tony, Edith, Alexis, if you guys are watching this or not, but I'm proud of you. And we've talked about this recently, where some of them, your family members, just don't understand why. Yeah, you are there doing what they're doing, and they're Mm. following Jesus and falling in love with Him, and they're transforming before our eyes. I'm actually watching who they were and who they are becoming. It's like it makes everything so worth it. Yeah. This is worth it. This makes all the hardship of ministry and life worth it when you watch someone come to Christ Hmm. and Christ change. And so I'm just proud of them because I think it can be really easy to just give in to um, the demands of family. Oh, yeah. You know, and uh, and I get that scary. I get that it's uncomfortable. It's intimidating. I get some of you parents have children that Mm. are um, flirting with things of this world. And you might be tempted to change what you believe and how you live with the hope of keeping a relationship with them. The The word I give you here is Jesus was so focused on doing the will of the Father. that God sees all. He knows all. Uh, he, G, the Lord knows exactly what situation you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Seek the kingdom of God. Seek the Lord and trust that God will do what's best. And as you follow him, saying, make this holy ground. This yeah. relationship, the work situation, the school circumstance, the family dynamic. God, we give this to you. And like Jesus, we're seeking the will of the Lord. It continues to get ugly, you guys. So then it's kind of like, hey, we're we're ste- we're stepping in. We're his family, and he's not in his hmm. right mind. To well, if he if he's not in his right mind, uh, <laughs> but but he is in his right mind. Well, then he's definitely possessed, or he's the bad guy. Yeah, like, <laughs> so. it's like it must be from Satan. If Jesus yep. is doing these things, maybe he's of the devil. Mm-hmm. She's like, that doesn't make sense. The Belzebul, yes. So that's the next like verses twenty two through twenty nine talk about that and mm-hmm. kind of how the religious leaders are saying you know the reason you're able to have power and the reason yeah. you're able to drive out demons is because you're the king of the demons yeah. and jesus response is it's interesting because he's talking about how um there's a you can't divide the kingdom against itself It'll essentially fall. it's yeah. not going to last so that's just that argument is like is a moot point and then what this ending though i'll read this so we can break this down a little bit yeah And if Satan opposes himself and is divided, he cannot stand, like we just said. His end has come. In fact, no one 
can enter a strong man's house without first tying him up. Then he can plunder the strong man's house. Truly, I tell you, people can be forgiven all their sins and every slander they utter. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. They are guilty of an eternal sin. So what's going on there? So there, first and foremost, when Jesus is talking about the strong man, Jesus mm -hmm. is talking about the kingdom coming, him binding up evil right. and his ability, God's ability, to save and redeem and restore people right. who have been lost, who have been possessed, who have been in the world, who have done evil things. No and Jesus is like, this, yeah. I have the power to bind up the demonic strong man who's been causing all these problems yep. and to rescue my people. So look at the strength of the Lord. Mm -hmm. This is what it says in Isaiah 49, this Old Testament yes. prophecy about the Messiah and what he was going to do. God said, I can plunder and this plunder can be taken from warriors and or captives rescued from the fierce. But this is what the Lord says. Yes, captives will be taken from warriors and plunder retrieved from the fierce ones. I will contend with those who contend with you and your children I will save. Mm -hmm. The Lord's saying, I'm coming to enter into the battle. Yeah. I'm going to fight off the evil. I'm going to make it possible for no matter what you've ever thought, said, or done, or has been done to you, you can still be restored and saved and stand before the Lord in right standing. However, in verse 29, right. Jesus talks about the one sin and it's the blasphemy of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Any orthodox theologian, pastor, and teacher will say, this is simply unbelief. If you say, I do not believe in Jesus, right. I do not acknowledge the, his death and resurrection, that means the spirit's not in that person's heart. So then when mm -hmm. they go to stand before the Lord, God's going to look at them and see them for their life. He's going to see them for what they've done and all the harm they've committed and all the sins they did and all the good they didn't do. And they will not be with the Lord. Essentially, they live their life without Jesus on earth. Right. They're going to spend eternity without Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that is what the, the, the blasphemy of the spirit is. I actually like the definition you're giving too, because it, I think it's, it's so simple. I think well, sometimes we get caught up in the language, like, well, you know, is this, is this saying something or doing something mm -hmm. or, you know, what does this actually look like? And it actually speaks to the great, um, the great gift that grace is that that's the only way we get in is by saying yes. The yeah. only, it's not by the good things that we do or, you know, the bad things that we don't do or the, the righteous lives we live or, you know, any of that stuff. Because this is actually something we'll ask our kids, you know, from time to time, like, why, like, you know, why do you, why do you guys get to go to heaven? Just yeah. so they understand, like, because of Jesus yeah. is because of who he is Period. and what he did. Yeah. And, and so, not a comma. so it's actually Period. a simple, yes, it's helpful to break down and like, well, what, what, what's going on here? Because it, it's actually just by the simplicity of that, that we even enter in yeah and so it's you know it's the opposite that, that we don't yeah. so jesus helpful. is lord or he's not there's yeah. a, that really popular and famous c.s lewis quote sounds like this he says a man who was merely a man and said the sort mm -hmm. of things jesus said would not be a great and moral teacher he would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is poached egg or else he would be <laughs> the devil of hell you must make your choice either yeah. this man was and is the son of god or else he is a madman or something worse. Mm. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon. Or you can call, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. Jesus has not left that open to us, and he did not intend to. I mean, Jesus mm. made it very clear. He's like, I'm here about the kingdom of God. Yeah. If you read the Gospel of John or listened to the sermon series we did a mm. while back, it's like, the I am statements, Jesus is clearly saying, I'm God. And that set everybody off. And C.S. Yeah. Lewis is seconding that now. Now, as this ends, this is what Mark ends with. It says, 
people were claiming he had an impure spirit. Jesus' mother and brothers mm-hmm. were arriving. They're standing outside, and they're like, hey, Jesus, your, your family's here to collect you. Jesus is like, let me reframe who my family is. He says, my family is those who do the will of God, those who hear and do the will of God. So he's saying now we're, we're reconstructing the family dynamic spiritually, that now you can become family of God and be joined with brothers and sisters that don't look like you, that don't even speak the same language mm-hmm. as you, have way more or way less money than you, maybe are healthier or unhealthy physically. If you repent and believe, you become the family of God. And that's this beautiful, beautiful gift. Yeah. And so um, as you continue reading the Gospel of Mark, and we want you to read this for yourself. We want you to talk about this with yes, other people. Yes, 100%. And just like uh, Bobby said the other day, want to remind you, some of the episodes are going to be here in the studio where you can see us with this this backdrop. Some of them are recorded just audio, you know, years past. And some might have a different studio set up from, from the past as well. Our goal is that we're just kind of filling in the gaps of podcasts that we haven't done so that you can have the entire Gospel of Mark and the entirety of the New Testament with you soon. So thank you for listening. Please share. Please talk about God's Word. And more importantly, live it out. God bless you. We'll talk again soon. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give him his peace. Have a great day.